That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor. And I'm Dr. David Miller, ND, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting all the pieces together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of healthcare. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you should know about. Hello, and welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Pobega, naturopathic doctor, and I'm flying solo today. It's going to be a shorty, but a goodie. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about the control you have around uh, chemical burdens that exist in modern day life and modern day living. This was inspired uh, by a walk I had recently, um, a few Thursdays ago, and I brought it up to Dr. Dave. And maybe this is something we can talk about. Um, I was walking outside and as I was on the sidewalk, the backs of people's houses uh, were towards the sidewalk, but there was a huge amount of grass space and trees and stuff. And then the fence for the backyard and then the backyard and then the house. That's kind of like the the distance that I was I, to, to give you guys some relative idea about distance and as I was walking down these uh sidewalks to go just do a quick little grocery run I could distinctly and quite obviously smell somebody's I guess uh I think it's the dryer sheets or or the um fabric softener from somebody's home do you know how it ventilates it out but the fact that I was so far from an actual house and walking by this specific area to the grocery store, and again, on the way back, it was the exact same spot. I could distinctly smell what could I could only assume was like fabric softener. And I was quite surprised by that. And it made me just think about how if I can so strongly smell that being outside a significant distance away from someone's house. What is the fragrance like inside the house? What is the fragrance and the perfume that is going to be locked into the fabrics of the clothes that those people are going to be wearing for several hours the day after? What is the chemical exposure that people in that home um, are now having to deal with, or their body is now having to deal with, trying to detox from and contend with and process compared to what I just experienced literally on the outside of their home. So I brought this topic to Dave and he reminded me that on the podcast before I was a co-host, so uh, back in 2020, and I'm going to say specifically this episode aired on November 19th, 2020, and it's called chemical soup. And there is, um, the guest is Emma Roman. I think that's how you say her name, Roman, Roman. Um, <clears throat> and she talks about her exploration into this area 
um, and how she dives deep a little about the chemical burdens and things that we can be found within day-to-day -day living, the products that we use, the house cleaners, the, the fabric softeners, the dish detergents, the, the water, the air, that there's a lot. And I just wanted to not have a really long, exhaustive conversation about this, but to bring this back on people's radar. Because if you're like me and I start listening to a podcast, I'm not always going back deep into the vault to look at old episodes. Sometimes I just start from where it is and I'll just continue listening to a few episodes. Sometimes I go back into the vault, but I wanted to bring this up because that moment of walking outside and smelling someone's detergent and fabric softener, I was just kind of like, good God, because I don't live that way anymore. I remember there used to be a time where I thought gain detergent was the shit because <laughs> it smelled like a little bit like a man's cologne and I loved it. And now in hindsight, I was like, man, 17 year old me just did not know. But the thing is, is a lot of people don't know. A lot of people are not aware of the burden that a lot of these chemicals, fragrances, colorings, preservatives, et cetera, stabilizing agents, foaming agents, all these kinds of um, additives in our in our day-to-day -day used products a lot of people don't understand the impact that they have. And I think a lot of times we might be like, oh yeah, that's just a little bit. But especially for a female with the amount of like cosmetics that we layer on on a regular basis or as women typically do in general, perfumes, deodorants, body lotions, shampoos, conditioners, hair serums, uh, heat protective hairsprays. And then people who do like a full beat face, which I don't, I'm like a bare minimum when it comes to my makeup. I think the, the most, you know, toxic thing I wear is the occasional lipstick nowadays. Cause I still do love a good lipstick, but like, then people have like face serum and a chemical a cleanser and a, a face wash and then a moisturizer and then a toner and then an eye serum and then a primer and then a concealer and then foundation and a bronzer and then blush and then a highlighter. And I'm just kind of like, oh my God, sometimes I watch these makeup videos and I'm in awe of the transformation in people's faces, but that I'm also just kind of like, oh, that's a lot of stuff on your face that is just your skin is absorbing. And I think we forget. We think it's minimal. We think the impact is so low and it's going to be such a small ingredient in this. But then when you think about the layering of these things that you're exposed to in just a 24-hour period and then seven days a week and then uh, every day of the month and then every every day of the year and so on and so forth, it has a cumulative effect. So in the moment, it might not be extremely detrimental for five minutes or a few hours. But if you're doing that repetitively over and over again, and if you're, your body's ability to process chemicals is compromised, then there's going to be a, maybe a little bit of a hiccup in your body's ability to contend with that toxic burden. And perhaps it starts to accumulate more than it should because your body cannot process it out of your system adequately. So I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention and bring this on everyone's radars because we have to we have to think about the fact, and I've talked about this on my Instagram in different ways too, is we live in a very chemically burdened world. And unfortunately, a lot of people in modern day society are not doing the bare minimum to optimize their body's ability to show up for them in the best way possible, including 
having their detox pathways and their drainage pathways show up for them in the best way possible, which means getting good quality water and drinking enough fluids, eating high quality, nutritious foods, moving the body regularly and intentionally, breaking a sweat, prioritizing high quality sleep. A lot of that enables the body to show up for you the way you want it. So when we live in a highly chemical world, now our demands on our body to process all that garbage is higher. So your your body's ability to show up needs show up to process that. We need to support that. We need to facilitate that. So I find that in this modern day, not only is the chemical demand higher, a lot of people are just not living a lifestyle that would help their bodies keep up with those this chemical and toxic demands and loads on our system. And in addition to that, a lot of people are not eating nutritious foods. We are not getting the basic nutrients that we need to optimize liver detoxification, to optimize methylation, to optimize the production of glutathione in our liver. You know, we, we need to, uh, to get enough amino acids to, uh, to ensure that our liver can keep up with the detoxification capabilities. They're not moving their body to get lymphatic system drainage. They're not drinking enough water to allow circulation and flushing out of systems systems and to allow optimal cellular health so the cells can take in nutrients and metabolize and poop up waste product effectively. This is all part of the process. So um, as much like, so I want to direct you back to that episode um, from 2020 on November 19th to start to understand the, the burden these chemicals have on our systems that often industries don't really think about until hindsight or the types of studies they do might be more in minute amounts, but it's not necessarily tracking the accumulative effect over say five years, 10 years, 15 years of constantly exposing yourself to these types of toxins. Um, so there's that, but then I also want to remind people that we still have to implore practices that are fundamental to our basic, to, to meeting the basic needs of the body so that it can then show up for you and process those chemical burdens in a much more effective way. Um, I wanted to just reiterate something that was also talked about in the chemical soup episode is that if you are starting to think about uh, eliminating or trying to change over certain things with regards to chemical safety within the system, within your body, um, my God, tipping over. I always trip over my words when I'm doing a solo episode, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, when it comes to managing maybe the chemical exposure you have control on, because there's a certain level we don't have control on with regards to pollution and like air around us, et cetera. But there's a lot of stuff that we can make better choices in. And there's various options you can do within your financial means. I would say a really good resource to look at is uh, the website called Environmental Working Group, and it's ewg.org. That would be a really great resource to touch base with. They have some really awesome topics. Like if you go to an area focus, when you're looking at their website, they have one that's just called Toxic Chemicals. And I went there, I downloaded their PDF that they provide. They also have stuff about personal care products, farming and agriculture, household and consumer products. They have all these different types of subheadings that you can begin to look at and educate yourself about what are things you can begin to shift and then you can start to make better choices. So for me, it's taken years for me to switch things out, to make better choices. More often than not, it first started with foods. Um, EWG is really great at looking at 
uh, sorry, at providing resources like the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. And if you don't know what those are, the Dirty Dozen are always on a yearly basis. They release a list of the 12 foods that are having the highest amount of chemical pesticide residues on them that you should otherwise invest in organic. So those dirty dozen, you should always opt for the organic options so that there's less of a pesticide and herbicide residue in the food that you will then consume. The clean 15 are the ones that you don't necessarily have to throw so many shekels at in order to invest in an organic option. Those are the ones that you can buy uh, local and not have to worry about that type of labeling. I find that that was extremely helpful to start switching things out. So the ewg.org is a really great resource for that. And they come out with a new list every year. Um, after that, you know, I worked in the big carrot on the, on the Danforth, as did, as did Dave back in the day. And I was educated so much about things back then. Now I worked in the supplement department and that was a really amazing experience for me to understand supplements and herbs and different types of holistic medical practices that I wasn't exposed to through naturopathic college, but was also really great about working at the big carrot is that, um, I was able to then have access to, great quality foods, um, different kinds of seminars and their beauty care, um, their beauty body department, beauty and body department, uh, was really exceptional at always bringing in high quality products, things that didn't have a really big carbon footprint, chemical footprint would be, uh, free of a lot of the, if not all of the chemical additives that have been found to be problematic for, um, humans to be exposing themselves to, especially over extended periods of time. So I was able to begin to switch things out one at a time. If I needed a new face cleanser, I didn't go to Shoppers Drug Mart. I went to the Big Carrot. I think other options, especially in the GTA, would be like Noah's Natural Foods, um, Ambrosia's, Goodness Me, um, Healthy Planet. There's a lot of really fantastic um, health food stores around to start to at least explore what other options you have and begin to look at labels. I would say even from a food standpoint, just start looking at the labels. If it sounds like a chemical and it has a number in it, it's probably not something you should be consuming. Um, try to stick to things that are more how nature made them. You know, my grocery uh, cart is typically animal proteins, eggs, grass-fed butter, and a huge volume of produce. And of course, there are certain things like, you know, we'll occasionally get some organic chips and we'll get some hummuses and some dips and and sometimes some crackers or some, you know, tomato sauces and pastas and things like that. But for the most part, it's really the stuff on the perimeter of the grocery store. And when I do buy things that are within the aisles, I am always looking at the labels. I now have my boyfriend trained to look at the labels. And if he's not sure, he comes to me. He's like, babe, what do you think about this list? Like, is this okay? Is this good? Um, so we're both slowly learning. And as we start to understand things and uh, better and deeper, and I'm still learning as well, it's, it's an ongoing process because I find... Um, Industries like to change the labels of things. Uh, a lot of people started to become keen on the idea that canola oil is not great. And that was the Canadian name for canola oil because based on our canola fields. But it was on a global scale known as rapeseed oil. And I believe a lot of labels are now trying to hide it as rapeseed oil because people are less familiar with that. So 
you have to, you have to be savvy. You have to be smart. You kind of have to stay on top of things to understand how to read the labels. Um, but I would say, start with that, start with your food, start choosing, uh, better products to bring into the, to the kitchen so that you're going to consume literally internally. And then when you can start swamping things out like a dish soap or a laundry detergent or a facial cleanser or something, just start looking at what other options are. Start looking at the labels. Start just becoming more savvy, consumer savvy and reading the labels. It, it is our responsibility to start doing that. And where we start to put our money, that's where the industries are going to start to follow. So if we all start all, but if we start making better choices and choosing products with less of a chemical footprint on them, then the industry is going to be forced to start to shift things. Um, so start with little things one at a time. It doesn't have to be like mass changes all at once. That's how I did it. And there's still things that, um, I'm changing out and I was still, accustomed to buying certain kinds of makeup products, like my lipsticks and stuff like that, that were from standard like Mac or, or Sephora. And now I'm like, well, maybe I can start trying to find a different option where I changed a lot of my other things, but now I'm starting to think more on that level. Um, when it comes to air filtrations and stuff like that, that's something I only bought in the last couple of years. I bought an air doctor and I did a lot of research to find out what is a really valuable air filter to clean out the airs because studies show that the air inside our house is actually a, a more problematic chemical soup than the air outside. So buying something to, to help clean up the air supply in the home that I'm in, doing virtual appointments, sleeping in day in and day out was a really important thing for me. So I made a big hefty investment for my family and for my home several years ago. Recently, we upgraded our water filter. Um, we didn't have one at the house. Thankfully, my mother-in-law somehow came across and bought a Kangen. It was one of the very first iterations of Kangen or Kangen or however you say it. It's a very expensive water filtration device. Um, and my partner and I didn't really understand the benefits of it when we moved into um, his family home. We kind of put it aside because there was some like faucet leak issue. We never really reattached it once we fixed the faucet. But over the last few years, I have now come to understand the quality and the benefits of this particular water filtration system. So we sought to get it cleaned, new filters and found an area that we could reattach it to that was still close to the kitchen where we didn't have to like change over the whole kitchen sink again. So now I'm having a better water filtration, but that literally only happened a few months ago, guys. So for me, even I'm not having the squeakiest clean of lives. I still had to make uh, changes when I felt like is within my financial means at specific periods of time in, in me changing things around and trying to create less exposure on a chemical level to my system um, and to my home. So there's different things that you can take at different steps. When it comes to water filtration, I think that's a really great one. I would say a lot of people want to do the um, reverse osmosis water, which I think is really great, but then your water at the end becomes very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not, it's not water the way it's supposed to be. It's been completely stripped of all the minerals and there is supposed to be some minerals in our water. So the problem with that is that then you're drinking a water that could potentially 
affect your natural pH balance, your natural mineral balance when you consume it. So I always tell people who have a reverse osmosis that they need to talk to the water filtration company to see if they have an attachment that adds a remineralization attachment to it. Um, a Santivia is a great option. You can get the jugs that go into the water. That's a very affordable option. They also have the canisters that sit on your countertop. The only problem that I, I don't like about the Santivia, uh, countertop ones that have like the spigot and a spout is that they're clear and then what light comes in and light will allow more algae to grow. So you do have to maintain, uh, and clean it more frequently. Berkey would be another step up, which is a little bit more, uh, from a price point perspective, but it's within a stainless steel container. So I find the light doesn't affect uh, algae formation. Uh, the Kangen or the Kongen is another one that I've looked into. Like I said, we were fortunate enough to have access to one because my mother-in-law purchased one years ago. And all we had to do is just like re get it cleaned and filtered and pay for that cost and have, and then reattach it. Um, but that's a pricey, that's a very pricey investment, but there's levels that you can choose from based on what is in the best price point for your family. I would say starting with food, starting with water, things you're internally going to consume is really important. Um, they do mention this really quickly in the chemical soup one too, is dust in the air. It carries a lot of toxic particles and there's a lot of, um, stuff in dust and air particles floating around, I am not very good at this particular side of things. This is why my air doctor is so important to me, but I'm terrible at dusting. And we also still have, this is an old home and there's still a decent amount of carpets in this home and staying on top of vacuuming um, is not my skill set. <laughs> it's not something I've developed a good routine of. Um, but whenever I vacuum, I am like, shocked at the amount of like dust and debris that gets picked up in the vacuum. Oh my God. So that's another thing is just staying on top of like cleaning the house, getting those dust particles. I believe we had a discussion about this when we had the mold guy on too, and how he was talking about how mold and mycotoxin and even bacterial, um, uh, toxic byproducts can float around in the air. So getting an air filter, but like opening up the windows, allowing fresh airflow when possible, obviously, depending on the seasons, if you live in Canada, that's not going to be possible year round. Um, but staying on top of dusting, vacuuming, uh, sweeping the floors, those kinds of things will also help limit that. So little things that you can do without going super crazy. Um, you know, I still use cellophane sometimes. We have a microwave. I'm still going to use that sometimes because it is the most effective and convenient choice. If I didn't have the microwave, then I then I would find another means, but it is there. So I'm I still use it occasionally, right? There there is my my life isn't squeaky clean, but I have made progress and steps literally over probably the last six to nine years of changing things out, making better choices. And it's never too late to start. So I just wanted this to be a reminder to people um, to start to make little adaptations in the products that you use, uh, the food you consume, the water you consume so that you can reduce the chemical footprint on your system. And like I said, EWG is a really great resource for looking these things up when you want to look at personal care products or food, agriculture, water filtration. I downloaded their handout called EWG. EWG's guide to endocrine disruptors. So endocrine is basically a hormone system and these chemicals that have a very well-researched now impact on our endocrine and our hormones. So that includes like, uh, 
fertility and sex hormones, thyroid hormones, stress hormones, um, that kind of stuff, uh, 24 hour clock, et cetera. Um, these can all be found in food, water, and various types of consumer products. And this can have an effect on your nervous system. Um, it could lead to different types of cancer developments as well as other health harms. So if you wanted to start with something like that, download the form. It was super easy to access. Um, and it has a list of things like pesticides, phthalates, um, parabens, percolates, heavy metals, PFAs, uh, BPAs, and oxybenzones. Um, those are the eight that they discuss in this handout. Um, and they tell you what it's in, how it can harm you and what you can begin to do. And it has different links that you can start to access different information about how to start to change things up. I find EWG is a really awesome resource guys, and it's available. It's free and it's accessible to the public access it, tap into it and start reducing a bit of the exposure that you are, are, are put in with modern day living. Cause there are certain things that are within your control that you can begin to make moves on. And like I said, you don't have to move mountains all in a 24 hour period. One step at a time accumulates in a positive way when you start making little shifts. So I hope that's good for you guys. Friendly reminder about these things and go back and listen to the chemical soup recorded on November 19th, 2020. She reiterates a lot of these things and go into a little bit more of the research and a little bit more of the discussion about specific chemicals. So hope you guys are having a great day and we'll see you guys soon next week. Bye-bye.